Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I am your host, Chuck O'Noctane. This podcast is sponsored and produced by a local Treasure Valley production company, Lower Gentry Studios. Lower Gentry Studios specializes in thought-provoking productions with integrity. If you visit www.lowergentrystudios.com, you can check out a plethora of original content that was filmed all in Idaho. Includes a couple feature films, a web series titled Canyon County, and live music that we recorded here in the Treasure Valley podcast room of my house. It's very quaint, but we have managed to get a four-piece band I believe, was the largest with drums in here. And it all worked out okay. Everybody was elbow to elbow, but we had a good time recording it. You should check that out. Uh, If you go to LowerGentryStudios.com, then click on the live music link. You can see all the bands that performed here at uh, Treasure Valley Podcast. I hope everyone is doing okay. Things are getting a little looser here in the Treasure Valley in regards to coronavirus. I'm excited about that. Let's talk about what's going on here in the Treasure Valley. If you follow social media, which everybody does right now, I think, unless they get so stressed out they need to turn off their phone, but I know who you are because you usually announce it on Facebook status. I'm not going to be checking my Facebook because it's getting too stressful, so reach out to me via normal means. Hopefully you follow this podcast and I can get you up to date. There is a viral video going around of a woman punching the snot out of her German shepherd with boxing gloves on. And authorities were informed of said video, and due to media playing the video, they have decided to investigate it. And it turns out that that woman is from Eagle. So there we go. Watch the video. If you see her in public, Feel free to cough or sneeze on her. No, don't do that. She just needs to probably drink less. I don't want to advocate spreading diseases. So please don't do anything mean to her. Let the authorities do their job. Uh, The other thing that everybody needs to be aware of is that the May 19th primary is coming up. So that is going to be absentee. Hopefully you got a notice in your mail. If not, it's all cool. If you go to IdahoVotes.gov, you can register absentee. I just got mine, and you can register absentee for the next two elections all the way out to November, which I did in anticipation of possibly not being able to go. Plus, it's just easier to vote at home than going in and waiting in line at a church. Every time I walk into a church, I feel like my skin is burning. I don't know what that is. If it's allergies, um, not sure pray for me. Hope you all had a good Cinco de Mayo too. Speaking of praying, I was praying I could get my hands on some delicious Mexican food, but restaurants are few and far between right now that are that are open. A lot of them are doing takeout, but I wasn't adequately prepared, unfortunately. And what ended up happening is I waited until the last moment and Los Betos drive through line was all the way out into the road here in Nampa. So it just didn't happen for me. Although I did enjoy a couple wine margaritas, which is a family recipe that was invented by Brian Norton. I need to give him credit for that. A wine margarita is like a regular margarita, but with even more booze. 
and it's exceptionally delicious. What you do is you take a glass of Chardonnay, two shots of tequila, a shot of triple sec, and a splash of margarita mix, then some lime and salt to taste. One of those will get you going. Two should take you out for the night, depending on how much of a raging alcoholic you are. Or maybe you just need one of those in the morning on May 6th, which the trick on that is you make it the night before and put it in the freezer. Take it in your to-go mug for coffee, but everybody's working from home now or you're unemployed. So just wake up and have a wine margarita in the morning if you need to. But if you have it in the freezer, it's ready to go. It's almost like having your coffee maker set to brew your coffee before you wake up in the morning. That's same difference. Booze in the freezer. That's two tips for you. Goodness gracious. I don't know if you heard, but the bars in Nampa are opening currently. Um, Slick's Bar is open. They received a visit from Idaho State Police. So the Idaho State Police informed them because Mayor Debbie Kling here in Nampa said that she is only going to promote safety. She's not going to enforce the governor's orders. However, the state police showed up and said that the governor, excuse me, the mayor has the ability to be more strict, but cannot loosen state laws. Sorry about that, Slicks Bar. They uh, could potentially lose their liquor license, I guess, because in regards to businesses opening earlier than scheduled, Governor Little explained, quote, if it's a cosmetologist or somebody that has a liquor license, they are putting their license at risk, which they're putting their business at risk if they don't make enough money. It's a tough situation. And to make the whole thing even more interesting, obviously, Debbie Kling has, Mayor Debbie Kling has a different opinion than Governor Little. The Lieutenant Governor, Janice McGeechan, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I don't know. I didn't vote for her. Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeechan, she visited Kendrick, Idaho for the opening of the Hardware Brewing Company. And she posted this on her Facebook page. So dramatic. I was invited to attend the reopening of Hardware Brewing Pub and Grill in Kendrick, Idaho. The proprietor, Christine, was one of 11 children who lost their parents at an early age. She lost a brother in Vietnam. The family lost their farm. Now they're at risk of losing their business. An ISP detective came in to issue them a warning. This should not be happening to the good people of Idaho who are simply trying to provide for their families and employees. No one can take away our freedom. So for those of you that are unaware that are listening from out of state, I guess, or just don't vote. Um, the lieutenant governor gets voted for separately. So the governor does not appoint the lieutenant governor nor choose the lieutenant governor as a running mate. So it's kind of interesting that those two are uh, basically in conflict with what's going on with the stay-at-home order and the slow stages of opening businesses. So in lighter news, if you need some toilet paper, I was at the Winco in Nampa on Garrity, there was actually quite a bit of toilet paper available. They had Charmin, not even just the cheap stuff. So before it's gone, go take some. The DMV also reopened this week. They did say people who are sick or feeling unwell are asked to please avoid visiting the DMV. Don't go, especially if the DMV makes you feel sick or unwell. Ooh, that was a bad joke. All right, I want to talk about conspiracy theories today because I saw an awesome video online. 
I'm sure you guys all know what I'm talking about. It's called Plandemic, and it was absolutely amazing. So let's talk about people coming to get us. You better look out because someone's coming to get you. You better watch out because someone's coming to get you. Before we get into conspiracy theories, let's talk about the definition. A conspiracy theory is a theory that explains an event or a set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators. So that last part, the usually powerful conspirators, that makes me think of the 9-11 is an inside job conspiracy because technically 9-11, the attack by Al-Qaeda, 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 led by Osama bin Laden. That is already a conspiracy, technically, because it's a small group of people that made secret plans to attack the United States. The United States was unaware. There's conspiracy theories that we were aware and did nothing. Or there's conspiracy theories that was inside job. So that's a double conspiracy theory, kind of. My favorite personal favorite conspiracy theory is the flat earth conspiracy. If you are unaware, there are people in the United States who believe that the earth is flat. A big driving force for that is the Bible. If you look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12, it says, And gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. If you look at a basketball or a soccer ball, it has zero corners. If the earth has four corners, well, it's got to be flat, clearly. There's an awesome documentary about it on Netflix. It's called Behind the Curve. It follows the psychology of one of the leaders of the flat earth movement and how he has difficulties in his personal life and gets a lot of positive attention for being a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but the ending is absolutely phenomenal. Flat earth conspiracy theory. Love it. One of the conspiracy theories that was unknown to me until a few days ago when I was looking this stuff up, is chemtrails. I had no idea that people think the Illuminati is poisoning us with visible clouds from airplanes. Now, if you are unfamiliar, this is really basic stuff. Clouds are made of water, all right? Planes burn fossil fuels, and they fly at a high altitude. Fossil fuels are made mostly of carbon and hydrogen. So the carbon and hydrogen in the fossil fuel burns, combines with oxygen, and it forms carbon dioxide and, anyone? Water vapor, all right? Water vapor comes out of your tailpipe, and it also comes out of the back of jets in the air. So when you have water vapor at that altitude, sometimes it condenses into clouds, or they're trying to kill us all. Um, I'm sure some of you have heard about vaccinations causing autism. There is no connection between autism and being vaccinated. Vaccinations have been for, around for a very long time, and the percentage of autistic children has not gone up in conjunction with vaccinations. There's no evidence for it. Um, people do say that natural immunity is better versus if you acquire it via a vaccine. However, think about this now statistically. Measles kills one out of every 500 people, all right? So, and just for uh, a grasp on this, how bad measles was, prior to the vaccine in 1963, 
roughly 2.6 million people died per year from the measles. If you get the measles naturally, the chances of you getting it again are a lot lower than if you just get the measles vaccine. But I don't know if you're willing to risk that. I guess that's up to you. And then people that say that vaccines make you sick, you should be aware of a thing called the nocebo effect, which is the opposite of the placebo effect. If you're unfamiliar with the placebo effect, the placebo effect is when a patient feels better because he or she believes that the treatment is effective. So they need to test medicines through a double-blind study. The placebo effect can even occur if the doctor believes that he or she is prescribing an effective medication even if the patient is unaware. That is how strong the placebo effect actually is. Nocebo effect is the opposite of that. So placebo, you think you're going to get something that helps you, you feel better. It works for almost everything except for severe injuries, broken bones. It's basically like an immune system booster. But there is the opposite effect. If you think that something is going to make you sick, if you're at a picnic and you suspect that the potato salad has been sitting out in the sun for too long and you have some anyway because it's your Aunt Judy's and she keeps pressuring you to try her potato salad and you eat some and you think it's going to make you sick, it might even if it was totally fine. Or it could be her recipe. Who knows? Prior to vaccines, the way we boosted immune systems was through a process called variolation. This was used to help prevent smallpox. Smallpox was a disease that killed three out of every 10 people. So this is from the CDC explaining what variolation is. One of the first methods for controlling the spread of smallpox was the use of variolation, named after the virus that causes smallpox, variola virus. Variolation is the process by which material from smallpox sores, pustules, was given to people who had never had smallpox. This was done by either scratching the material into the arm or inhaling it through the nose. With both types of variolation, people usually went on to develop the symptoms associated with smallpox, such as fever and rash. However, fewer people died from variolation than if they had ever acquired smallpox naturally. Earliest documentations of variolation were in China in the 15th century. And in China, what they did was they dried the the smallpox pustules, they ground them up, and then they snorted them. And if you were a dude, you snorted in your right nostril. If you were a dudette, you snorted in your left nostril. This was all part of the system. Variolation was brought to Western civilization in the 1700s, largely by a woman named Lady Mary Wortley Montague. So she witnessed variolation in Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul. It was Constantinople. Not anymore. It's Istanbul. But it was Constantinople. What happened uh, when they brought it into Western medicine is everybody saw how easy it was to do. You just snort some smallpox scabs, right? So doctors wanted to monopolize the treatment uh, by convincing the public that the procedure could only be done by trained professionals. So the procedure was preceded by a severe bloodletting in which the patient was bled often to being almost faint. And in order to purify, quote unquote, the blood and prevent fever, they would make very deep incisions. And this also prevented people from trying to do the variolation on their own. So Western civilization brought in variolation 
and capitalized on it. According to Plandemic, they focus in on the cash cow that are vaccines. I don't know if any of that's true. I was trying to watch the video again because I wanted to be able to reference some of the stuff, but it keeps getting pulled down, which I hate because when YouTube and Vimeo and Facebook start pulling this stuff down because it's misinformation, all it does is reinforce the people that posted it. Then they feel violated and they believe it even more because they feel like the conspiracy is thus proven by these people tearing their information off their Facebook wall. One of the things I do remember from Plandemic is that if you aren't actively out touching a whole bunch of germs and bacteria and rubbing up on people, I think, was the point that they were trying to make, the doctors, quote-unquote, in that video, that your immune system is weakened. So to me, I was thinking, well, what about astronauts? Astronauts basically get sent into outer space in completely sterile environments and are up there for a very long period of time. When they come down, they must be completely disease-ridden as soon as they set foot back on Earth. Well, here's the first point on that is astronauts actually do go into quarantine for two weeks before they go into outer space. And the reason for that is in Apollo 7, somebody was sick on the ship and they realized that they don't want to send sick astronauts into outer space. So it's better to be quarantined first. Apollo 11, they were quarantined afterward as well. I think it was for three weeks because they were afraid that there might be germs on the moon and they didn't want to bring back any germs from outer space, which is a good thing to do. You don't know what might happen. So, yes, uh, you do need to quarantine astronauts, but only before they go into space. Uh, One thing that I did find out is it is kind of true that your immune system is weakened in space, but they don't know exactly why that is. It could be because of gravity, They aren't necessarily suspicious. It's because of the lack of germs there. This is from Richard Simpson, senior author and associate professor of nutritional sciences at the University of Arizona. Quote, cancer is a big risk to astronauts during very prolonged spaceflight missions because of the exposure to radiation. NK cells are very important for killing off virally infected cells. So he's talking about NK cells, which are part of your immune system, essentially. When you're in the space station, it is a very sterile environment. You're not likely to pick up the flu or a rhinovirus or some community-type infection. But the infections that are a problem are the viruses that are already in your body. These are mostly viruses that cause things like shingles, mononucleosis, or cold sores. They stay in your body for the rest of your life, and they do reactivate when you are stressed. So they're worried about reactivation of shingles slash chicken pox if you are in space. But I didn't see anything in there off of the one point I pulled from Plandemic that it is dangerous to not rub yourself up in a whole bunch of germs. When I watched Plandemic, it made me think of a poem, The Blind Men and the Elephant by John Godfrey Sachs. This is based on a Hindu fable. It was six men of Indostan to learning much inclined who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind that each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant and happening to fall against his broad and sturdy side at once began to bawl. God bless me, but the elephant is very like a wall. The second feeling of his tusk cried, Oh, what have we here? So very round and smooth and sharp to me is mighty clear. 
This wonder of an elephant is very like a spear. The third approached the animal, and happening to take the squirming trunk within his hands, thus boldly up and spake. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a snake. The fourth reached out his eager hand and felt about the knee. What a most wondrous beast is like is mighty pain, quoth he. Tis clear enough the elephant is very like a tree. The fifth who chanced to touch the ear said, Even the blindest man can tell what this resembles most. Deny the fact who can, this marvel of an elephant is very like a fan. The sixth no sooner had begun about the beast to grope, than seizing on the swinging tail that fell within his scope. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a rope. And so these men of Indostan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion exceeding stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right and all were in the wrong. So often theologic wars the disputants, I ween, rail on in utter ignorance of what each other mean, and prate about an elephant not one of them has seen. I hope you enjoyed that. That poem was interpreted by Zoe Kelly and Elliot Norton. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you go to www.treasurevalleypodcast.com, you can check all the back episodes of this podcast as well as follow us. You can follow us there. That's through Anchor FM. If you're on iTunes, you could follow us there. If you're on Spotify, you could follow us there. You know where I'm going with this. Anyway, make sure to follow us. Thanks for tuning in again and stay healthy. Stay healthy.